we were what 2015 2016 okay. we got we got lucky dave pickerel helped them get started okay so yeah and now you guys got yeah you have some aged barrels under your belts and so yeah you can keep just seven year comes out this year that's awesome that's great well, good. Sorry, Did uh, you want to talk about national divorce? I don't think you want to talk no. about national divorce. <laughs> <laughs> A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Jake number two. And uh, we're joined by Wes from... Beer, bourbon, and balderdash, uh, representing the West Coast tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we used to say the Did, best on the West, but we can't say that anymore. <laughs> Does everything on the West Coast have to have alliteration to it to be able to be successful? What do you mean by that? The beer, bourbon, and balderdash. No, we just <laughs> farting around. You know, as I looked at other podcasts kind of in our uh, section, because I wanted to listen to other podcasts like your guys' because I like Bourbon Matters. Um, I, I found a lot of, like beer, bourbon, and board games. And I was like, oh, how's that work? Uh, beer, <laughs> bourbon, and buds. Uh, we talked about doing that too, but, you know, because weed's legal in Washington. Um <laughs> And having friends is legal. I love that noise. Um, it's such a great noise. I purposely <laughs> I waited until we started recording. No, I really like that noise. That's one of my favorite yeah. noises. Um, yeah, so we just thought it just – because we, we John is a um, – he's, he's been a beer judge. He makes his own beer. Um, he's actually very good at it too. It's delicious stuff. Um, and I just – I really enjoy bourbon. I just kind of enjoy the chemistry of it and, and tasting it. And uh, we're – we're both very nonsensical, so the balderdash comes in with the nonsensical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we've listened. I've listened to several episodes of your show now. Um, yeah, you guys are pretty hilarious. Um, Thank you. It's fun to listen. Uh, and uh, like we talked about, uh, the, you guys cover all kinds of different <laughs> topics. Um, there's not really much discrimination in. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys end up talking no. about <laughs> no and we're really uh so we have to pick often a topic because early on when we first started uh it was kind of like a bar talk you know we'll just sit here we'll get trashed and then we'll just keep yammering on <laughs> and that really led to uh off the rails things i think it was kind of becoming disinteresting uh so mm -hmm. we had a we, we decided to be like hey what do you want to talk about and at least it kind of gave us you know some bumpers some guardrails so mm -hmm. that we didn't fly off the freeway and crash into ourselves so um and i really enjoy listening to bourbon matters i like your guys's knowledge you're very actually very very knowledgeable um and i appreciate that because there's a depthness to that and uh, it's all fake we just we just spout off dude, you're not you're not supposed good. to tell them how a sausage is made dude. just say thank you yes no we're very knowledgeable hire us for your next party and we'll tell you all about it yeah yeah i was listening so to it, your, it's uh, you're sorry, sorry, Dan, go ahead. I was going to say, it's cool how podcasts evolved because we've kind of been going through some of that evolution as well, where it's when we started, it was we'd pick a bourbon and go through a, a, a whiskey every week. Uh, and we did it all at Jake's house. And then Roberto moved to Texas. And so it was a little more difficult to all do the same bottle. And then I moved an hour and a half away. So we've had to go more themes and, and uh, adjust to it. But yeah. Same point, it gives us some more talking points. We're not all just talking about the same thing the entire time. So it's cool to see evolution. Yeah, I think the uh, themes are uh, a better route to go anyway. I mean, you can only listen to so many reviews and so many podcasts about talking about a certain whiskey. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially... I like how you guys... Interesting whiskeys, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, right. this, this, yeah. this tastes okay. Hey, mm -hmm. anyways, we got another 45 minutes to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you end up listening to us rant about Tom Cruise for... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had a good tom cruise rant for a while no, it has so. been a while <laughs> do we do we not like tom cruise because he's tom cruise do we not like tom cruise because of scientology do we not like tom how, how cruise because assume... he's because he's tom cruise in everything that he does <laughs> why are you assuming that we don't like tom do cruise? we like tom cruise because he's tom cruise in every he's like kevin costner he's kevin costner in every 
movie that he does. I love yeah. Mission Impossible movies. I do. I think the last one was great. That's my take. I think yeah, some I, of them I, were I, trash. We were talking about the stunts, I think. Yeah. That one episode, how he does everything, you know, yes. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we threw in some Scientology jabs too. Yeah. <laughs> That's low hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, so the so yeah. the topics are there to kind of keep us uh, in check, and uh, and we and it also shortened our podcast too because if we had a little bit more focus uh, early on, um, I had some people do some reviews for me and just I said just listen to this and and they uh, listen to a lot of podcasts or publish a lot of podcasts and they're like uh, it's okay it'd be better if it was like shorter because you guys are now yeah. just rambling on and once you've had a few in you it. It ends up being kind of like, oh, I love you, man. I love you too, man. Like, <laughs> hour three is just, we might as well be making out on the camera. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> we just get friendly. I don't know. It's all warm and yeah. bourbony. We got to go. Yeah, it's not like we've recorded three episodes in one night. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, that's a bad idea. That, 20 uh, different pours to get through our March Madness bracket last year. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, that or the night. So there, there was that night. There was the night where we finished the old elk thing, and then Robert, did Roberto's final episode. Yeah. And then I don't even know how it happened, but when Jake uh, did, when he joined us the first time as a guest, the one time at Jake's place, I, like all of a sudden it was two in the morning. We had to <laughs> we like, had to celebrate. It was my first real appearance. <laughs> yeah. That well, we did the barrel. That's, that's we, did we did two. the barrel pick, right? Yeah, barrel we did the barrel pick, pick as the. Yeah, that's what happened. We did two episodes, and then it was like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Yeah, John and I yeah, have I done a couple it. of those, but those are considered our lost episodes. Uh, we, we, I think I published one, and then we listened to it, and then the next day I took it right off. I was like, no, <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we're uh, drinking Irish whiskey tonight. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, it's almost St. Patty's Day. Yeah, by the time this airs, or by the time you listen to this, be, it was just St. Patty's yeah. Day. Um, so yeah, uh, crack open an Irish whiskey and celebrate with us two days late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Oh, you got the um, Jake. Uh, what, what was that again? So this is uh, Glendalock, yes, a Calvados Glendalock. cask that we yeah. picked for the store. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've yeah, been pretty wanting to try that. Yeah. He's he's annoying because he has all these great store picks. Yeah. And I live too far away to get them. Hey, buy it online. Jake will bring them to you. There you go. Hey, <laughs> we're gonna start shipping soon. Nice, nice. What's so, Wes? Where are you guys like? What's the whiskey scene like there in uh, in Washington? Where? How easy is it to find stuff? How expensive is it? What's it? What's it like out there? Uh, I'll start with price. The price uh, sucks. It's uh, we are taxed to hell. Um, it's probably like a twenty-four percent tax on top. Oh of, wow! Yeah, but so that's federal, state, um, and then a sin tax um, from the state. So it's super expensive to buy whiskey here. It doesn't stop me, um, as I'm sure all your wives also know. It doesn't stop us from buying this stuff. Um, but uh, mine uh, definitely uh, is is pricey. As far as the scene in uh, Washington, it's actually pretty accessible. We have a lot of whiskey distillers. We have a lot of bourbon distillers um, and a lot of single malts. A lot of the um, mm-hmm. a lot of the grain comes from Eastern Washington, so that's a big part of uh, Washington whiskeys, uh, if you will. Um, just right close to me, I have um, Ula, which is a, a fantastic. Uh, whiskey uh distillery i have westland everyone should probably know westland they're pretty nationwide that's fantastic single malts they just came out with their solemn uh which is like a a peated but it's like a it's 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 interesting because they they have a peated uh single malt and it's very peated it's nothing like lafroy or anything like that but um or ardbeg or highland park but it's it's peated and then their solemn just came out with actually using washington state um pete so um i believe from wenatchee and it's the the smell is is wonderful and it's light and then you taste it and all of a sudden the peat comes out uh so it's kind of cool whenever the smell and the taste don't match it's kind of to me that's fun 
you know it's like oh it's like a surprise mm-hmm. um but it's really kind of light in taste and so it's it's actually really really good uh two bar distilleries close by three howls is close by so in seattle alone we have a huge scene uh of distilleries um what about woodenville the woodenville of course uh big I think is that like big the out first. there too yeah mm-hmm. and there i think they were kind of the first um as far as those things go um i don't know what else copper works is another great single malt and again all of their trails trails end but that's oregon isn't yeah, it that's oregon um, but still, you know, we all consider that the Pacific Northwest family um, of of whiskeys. And we have great water here. We have great spring supplies and stuff like that, spring water supplies. So nice. our water's uh, very fresh um, and really good. So so I, I one of the things we try to focus on is uh, we all we all love Kentucky. We all love Tennessee. We all love Texas. Uh, but I think we try to focus on local distilleries for ourselves here and uh yeah so that westland anyone that's listening if you want to try washington state uh whiskeys westland is westland will be your friend that one is very good can't go wrong and if you can find the sherry cask uh man that sherry cask is my absolute favorite it is just fruit and sweet and oh it's just it's beautiful and those garianas those are very good as well yes yeah expensive some of the best though. most Holy yeah crap. expensive but still some of the most unique american single malt whiskeys i've ever had yeah well that oak is is a very different oak too um so it, it has it has a different character to it it's not just like regular american white oak right um it's it, it brings out a different character much like you know like you know sherry casks or whatever you know there there's something different about it that the sugars when they get in there and after you after you char the barrel um it does something else to the whiskey and the chemistry so it's really good Cool. Yeah. Um, so what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Bushmills, but not just regular Bushmills. Because I don't really <laughs> like regular Bushmills. Um, I got Bushmills Black Bush. Don't look that up on the internet. You'll find something <laughs> you don't want to see. Um, it's, uh, I've had like Jameson Black Barrel, um, but the Jameson Black Barrel really means that they recharred a barrel. Uh, and so it, it was better than Jameson, and I, I kind of like Jameson. Uh, Bushmills Black Bush is sherry cask, so it's in a Spanish Olorosco, okay. uh, Oloroso uh, sherry cask for I think it said ten years, um, no eight years, uh, eight years. So that's a long time actually for an Irish whiskey to stay in a cask because they like to pump these suckers out. Um, and Bushmill is you know it's and this one is also I think. Um, uh, 40 percent i want to say 40 percent malt in it as well so could be 80 percent i have my notes somewhere um but 80 percent malt um so it's it's flavor is nothing like white label bushmills it's it's much more kind of punchy in the face much more fruitier not so much on the vanilla i find bushmills toned down as far as irish whiskeys on the you know vanilla cookie thing that we always talk about when we talk about normal irish whiskey so yeah that's what i'm tasting it's fantastic now now when it comes to single malts where do you rank irish single malts versus scotch versus american single malt low i'm not a fan of irish single malts um i love uh scottish single malts um i mean i really like single malts um westland is my favorite and i don't it's not just because they're hometown i just there's something about the flavor they have a a unique character um in their single malts Uh, most distilleries have a character about them that you can always kind of pick out and and westland has has one that's um uh, what would i call it um it's sweet it's uh i had a word for it just the other day because i was down there last friday drinking their solemn um but anyways they all have a character and i really like their character at westland it's something that i really enjoy nice yeah are you a big saint patty's day guy or are you just kind of it's another holiday on the thing or are you still a go out get green and get get irish drunk? Yeah, as a scandinavian um <laughs> i'm not uh, into the saint patrick's day i think once uh right after i turned 21 so this is decades ago uh, we did the Great Guinness Toast at a Irish pub called Tiernanog in downtown Seattle. 
and uh, that was probably the only time I celebrated <laughs> St. Patrick's Day, and uh, and got blasted. So, wasn't too bad. It's, I remember. I mean, it. it yeah, Chicago is a pretty big St. Patty's Day town. I mean, they dye the whole river green. I've never been a big St. Patty's Day guy. Um, I think probably in my earlier twenties, I used to go out and tie one off pretty good. It was um, a reason because that's what you do. It's, yeah, it's an excuse older, to start drinking at like, eight in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah and to put green just the irish way right your yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's gross <laughs> i think this so is the funny. first year we didn't have anybody order a, a green keg from us oh really wow yeah oh that free session's coming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not yet at least right yeah how jake how many do, is there normally multiple green kegs? Or is it usually just yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally we'll do, I don't know, three to five green kegs, but maybe, I don't know, maybe because the weather's been so cold, nobody's throwing parties oh, and yeah. keggers, but, uh, or people are just realizing how gross it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's kind of weird too, especially with it being on a Friday. You think that people would be more amped up to get hammered on St. Patty's Day. But. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. So what are they ordering as far as a keg? What's the what's the beer choice? Um, we actually move a ton of craft kegs. Okay. Um, I think we sold a Conway's Irish Ale uh, oh. in the last couple of weeks oh, from Great that's Lakes. A good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that stuff is like tricky because if nobody buys it, then we're stuck with it, and nobody's going to want it until next year. So we, yeah. we don't really take in a lot of seasonals and kegs unless somebody pre-orders it or sure. requests one. Sure, yeah. It's, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, now, I, Wes, you're obviously a big beer guy too. Uh, like for me, I mean, we're, we're Chicago, so we have so many good craft, craft breweries around. But it's funny because the style of beer I like most is going to be more of your Irish reds and things like that. And it seems like that's one of the fewest we can find out here, especially in in this market do you guys have a lot of irish craft whiskeys out or craft beers out there we have lots of craft beers we have a lot of small breweries and um which is great because i actually would rather uh drink from the small breweries uh we have a good, great one down in georgetown washington um in seattle downtown seattle it's uh called machine house it's in the old rainier beer machine house uh building and uh, they do a lot of sessions they don't carbonate their beer um and it's uh it's very vegetable like it's uh i mean it's like day drinking beer all day long it's it's fantastic Mm -hmm. stuff uh i have one close to me called good society and they do a lot of variations of beers i i would say uh kind of annoyingly that ipas because that whole ipa fad hipster stupid thing that happened on the Mm -hmm. west coast um that's here too don't worry a lot of ipas and but one thing I learned because of John, uh, my co-host, uh, which I really appreciate, um, I didn't like IPAs because I was drinking the wrong ones. I was drinking West Coast ones, which are piney and bitter, and I didn't really care for that. East Coast ones are fantastic. They're fruity, they're delicious, um, they're sweet, and they don't have that awful bitter beer taste that gives you the bitter beer face. So, and so you um, still I like pers- you still like East Coast IPAs? I do. Yeah, because we've 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 noticed a huge trend. Uh, The East Coast IPAs got very popular about a year ago, and now they're starting to kind of die off a little bit. And people are starting to ask more for that West Coast style again. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. like the West Coast. Uh, I think it's just because they're. I was just going to say, I think it's because they're, they're pretty filling. So after you drink them for long enough, you kind of oh, sure. just want something a little bit lighter. But yeah. yeah. Right behind Westland, there's a brewery called Sea Pine. And uh, they make pretty good beers, but their IPAs are exactly what you'd expect. It's piney. You know, I just, I'm not a big fan of that. I like stouts, big beers, heavy beers. They give me a barley wine that tastes like grandma's raisin bread right out of the oven. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not only on my lips, I'm very happy on the ground. So, um, those are, those are my favorite. Nice. Yeah. So in, uh, Illinois, uh, Jake, what, what are they, uh, what do you see mostly going out your door? I'm kind of interested actually in this, this part of the industry. Uh, for beer wise or everything, everything, 
bourbon big yeah. bourbon i mean we're a huge bourbon store bourbon's really popular right now we do we do a lot of barrel picks usually about 50 per year um and so i think we've just built up like a really good clientele of bourbon lovers and uh we we do we do tastings weekly um sometimes bi-weekly and i would say 80 percent of them are bourbon and that's just because that's what people are asking for and what people want to go to and i think the the non-bourbon tastings are usually a better time uh better experience just because there's you, you can tell people are opening their eyes to other spirits and the people that come to represent those brands are usually a lot more passionate about their brand okay. yeah. um but yeah but definitely mostly bourbon uh, what brand can you can you say like what's usually going on um Wes just ask him if he has any Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we do we do we have to go over the Buffalo Trace and uh, the Wild Turkey and yeah, but you know, it's 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 probably the same brands you'd find out there. Um, I think uh, obviously, you know, you said you're a big fan of local distilleries. We've we've got some pretty good local distilleries here that people like to support. Um, but it's a, it's a big mix. Uh, I, I wish I could run a report real quick on how many different bourbons we have in stock, but, um, we just like doubled our shelf space for bourbon in the last year. So, Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I wish there was a place mm-hmm. like that out here. That was close. <laughs> I, I was close. I think, I think half our spirit shelves are bourbon and rye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's funny is whenever Jake does these tastings, a lot of times I'll do blind tastings at the store. Jake runs them all. And he always likes to put those coveted Buffalo Trace allocated whiskeys in there and try and get them to lose so he can tell people, show people that they're not as good as what they think they are, which a lot of times is the case. But then sometimes he puts his salesman hat on because I was at one. And this will be good. The first the first round, there was a whiskey that I tasted. And I'm like, this is the best one that's been in a blind tasting. And everyone else at the table agreed. Then the other one was was okay. And I think the final vote was like 27 to 15 or something. And Jake's like, oh, this was a really close one. So the one that you guys picked in 27 to 15 was Elmer T. Lee. And I forget what the other crap he was trying to peddle was. But then, then the next vote was like two votes different. He's like, this is a blowout. <laughs> I don't remember this. I need some facts here. I don't. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the late I need you to, whiskey clubs. I need you to pull up the actual results from that tasting. Yeah. <laughs> Look into that. because Elmer, Elmer T. Lee, I remember, was pretty close. No, It, it wasn't was, that was much a, of a blowout. It was 70-30. It was in the 70-30 range. And you're like, it's close. And then the next one is like one or two votes. We're going to wait. I'm going to, oh, this is a blow. I'm going to find these results before this episode is over. <laughs> but it was just like how he was trying to soften it. Albert T. Lee didn't, wasn't that much better than the other one. Well, and I had, I I mean, had my highest tasting notes. Are you, are you an Elmer fan? I like Elmer, but I, it's not, I, I spent a lot of money on my bottle that I got because I was hunting it for a long time and finally got one. Um, and I've had it, I've had it many times before. Uh, I, I regret spending that much money on the bottle. Um, but I, I would say like, honestly, looking back at it, I think the Buffalo Trace kosher wheat I got, I like better than the Elmer. And, and the kosher wheat isn't anything that special, but again, I'm, I'm always been more of a weeded bourbon fan. But. Yeah. Put up, put Elmer T. Lee in a blind against some Buffalo Trace barrel picks and I guarantee you. It'll lose every yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get Jake, fancy Jake, we don't uh, get fancy stuff up here like that. We don't get we just get Buffalo Trace. And I don't know what your guys' price point. We get it we get it at twenty six dollars, which is like four dollars. That's before tax. Like four dollars more than it was like two years ago or whatever. I kinda watch it. Yeah. I have that's a German where it is here. I have a German Yeah, they neighbor. do a good job keeping the price true. Yeah. I have a German neighbor who is only drinking like uh, well whatever they could get in Germany and it wasn't American bourbon stuff and so he asked me uh, when they moved in next door like hey what's a good bourbon so I gave him Buffalo Trace because I figured if you're gonna like yeah. great beginners this is all the characters of a bourbon that you kind of want it's not super interesting but it's safe and he actually really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and I gave him Eagle Rare and I think he liked Bubble Buffalo Trace more than he liked Eagle Rare and again like the you guys' last episode it's kind of hyped up stuff but the good thing is that yeah. their price points are decent for what they are though too 
Like Eagle Rare is yeah, I, I fit, $4 here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the Buffalo Trace stuff, if you get it at retail, is like some of the most, or some of the best values in terms of price sure. to quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but good luck finding it at <laughs> retail. You know? and, and just straight Buffalo Trace, it's so, like it's just an easy drinking bourbon, especially for people that are just trying to get into it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's never gonna stand out crazy special, but it's always gonna be a nice, smooth, easy drinking bourbon. Really good bourbon flavors to it, and and uh, it just a really solid whiskey. I do have yeah. a question for you guys. Do you have a house bourbon? All right, I, f- I found the results. All right, let me hear this. A house bourbon. We because <laughs> the first we, one. <laughs> we don't have a house bourbon, but I mean, we do a lot of barrel picks, and we've we've been in talks with a few distilleries to do a house bourbon. Uh, and it's probably something that we should do, but um, I, I don't know. I just think like finding different barrels from different distilleries is uh, more interesting than mm-hmm. a house brand. Sure, sure. But that like um, that unless like we were actually of, distilling or yeah, the diversity yeah. of barrel picks that you guys get is pretty like unparalleled, um, and it, it's pretty fun too because like it's almost like a, a couple couple drops per month usually right for for barrel picks yeah yeah i mean we did two already this week um yeah. so I mean, it's always exciting to see that pop oh, up on the, I'm jealous. the old instagram and yeah gotta mm-hmm. gotta pull the app up right away and put my order in before they sell out <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty jealous all right jake you want to move out here all right <laughs> After I am done with the store, maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Open up one out here. I'll help you. <laughs> Don't you guys have right, uh, McMinimums or whatever? We got a lot of those. They're fun. What's that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My buddy uh, that lives out there just sent me a care package with some of their beers and whiskeys. Their whiskeys aren't um, great, but their beers are good. I, I told them, like, they surprised me for, I thought they were just going to be undrinkable. Um, and they're just unique, like, one-off mash bills. Yep. Um, like the hop flavored one and whatnot, but, um, yeah, I gave them to another friend, uh, taste and get his feedback on, but let's get to the blind tasting results. So not, it wasn't as big of a blowout as Dan said, he was off by two. <laughs> off by two. Okay. Again, the sales rep coming off, but, off by a small amount, but it was against Evan Williams, 1783. Which is a twenty dollar bottom shelfer, um, and I just kind of threw them in there blind against each other. It was twenty seven votes to seventeen, and yeah, the the description says not as big of a blowout as you might think. And yes. when I when I look at those results, I see that we just made seventeen people realize that they don't need to go chase after Elmer T. Lee. And it's not worth the hype. I mean, if you're one of those 17 people that picked the Evan Williams 1783, uh, you should never hunt down a bottle of Elmer again. Yeah, Unless it has some kind of like wagon. sentimental value. But I wish I had a Buffalo Trace single barrel to put against it. But the whole idea is to get people to realize that there's things out there on the shelf they can go ahead and grab uh, mm-hmm. instead of having to pay secondary or stand in a line to get a certain bottle. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. So uh, Dan, Dan wasn't shit on Jake. Was just trying to sell really hard. <laughs> oh yeah, you. I mean, it's my job, right? <laughs> well, speaking of all this bourbon, let's talk about Irish whiskey. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so Jake, what? So Jake, what do you? What's your little red bottle back there that you're drinking from? Yeah, so I'm drinking Red Spot tonight. Oh, how'd you find that? Um, I actually don't remember where I got this. I've been looking um, all over for I that. saw it somewhere. It used to, uh, I mean, we used, it used to sit on the shelf, and I, I don't think we've gotten any in like a year, but it used to, it sat on the shelf for a little while. Yeah, wow. I, I mean, I... When it had, first came um, out a couple of years ago. I've got, I had all the spots except red and gold. Then I found the red at a store. I don't remember where. Um, then I found the gold, which I probably overpaid a little bit for um just so i could build the the full collection um 
but it wasn't it wasn't actually that much over less price. I don't think. I think it was like. Was that what you, the last time at Sam's? Is that where you got the gold? Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Because he had somebody he knew was selling it, so yeah, uh, it was only like thirty bucks over list or something like that. So I figured I might as well grab it. Um, I heard really good things about it. So, um, but yeah, so Red Spot is uh, ninety-two proof. Um, Red Spot is distilled by Middleton, mm-hmm. uh, which also distills almost every other Irish whiskey in existence. Yeah, uh, from Jameson Redbreast, the Middleton Very Rare, um, Powers, mm-hmm. all of the spots, Methoded Madness, and Napa Castle. Uh, if you listen to our St. Patrick's Day episode from last year, we pretty much exclusively drank Middleton without realizing it. <laughs> Not hard um, to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the color on this red spot's pretty, like, uh, hay-colored, I would I would say. Um, it's kind of light, uh, but it's a little bit darker than some Irish whiskeys can be. Um, this is... Uh, I think it's, it's a triple cask finish uh, with bourbon, sherry, and marsala. Um, you definitely get a lot of the sherry and marsala on it, um, but it's very, very balanced and like well-rounded. Um, so it's pretty easy drinking. Um, it's a 15-year, so it's it's pretty old as far as Irish whiskeys go in general, I think. Um, so yeah, all around, it's pretty good. Um I do have to say that I'm a much bigger fan of the blue spot because um, mm-hmm. that's a cast strength and it's just like unbelievably delicious. But this is pretty good too. Nice. I, the one, the one thing I've realized, be it American single malt, Scott or Irish, is for me to have a chance at liking it, it's got to be cast strength. And I think that's more or less just because I'm more of a American whiskey fan. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, it and I, when I drink, even if I'm drinking bourbon or whatever, I like it to be in the 110 to 120 proof. And I, I think the Irish and Scotch and American single malts at anything less than 110, just I don't get enough punch to make me feel like I'm drinking something that I, that I want to drink. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint about Middleton. Very rare. 80. What's, what 80. Okay. Unless you get like one of the single variation, like they came out with those tree variations that are cash strength, but the standard release is eighty proof. Yeah, and it just doesn't pretty just doesn't pretty do it for me. Yeah. It was yeah, probably the most um, complex eighty proof whiskey I've ever had, but <laughs> for someone that likes barrel proof bourbon, it just didn't didn't yeah. do it. So, uh, do you want to tell us about the Glendalock that you're drinking tonight? Um, yeah. So, Glendalock, this is a private cl- cask that Gold Eagle picked. Um, it's finished in Calvados for a year after four years in French oak. Um, it's unique. We're, I think, I know we're the only place in Illinois that got a Calvados cask. Um, and it's a, it's a larger barrel than a bourbon barrel and it was a blend into the Calvado. So it was a, a huge yield. We got like over 350 bottles out of this cask. Um, but that was a year and a half ago. And I think we're down to about 60 or 70 bottles left. Um, but what's interesting about this is when we released it, I had a guy drive four hours from Iowa to buy some of it and sat down and had some conversations with him and kind of learned that there's this whole secondary market but not really inflated prices like bourbon is for Irish whiskey um, and got turned on to some different Irish whiskey groups and Irish whiskey collectors and this guy has an Irish whiskey collection that would blow away a lot of bourbon collections that I know and I know some pretty hefty bourbon collectors out there. Um, but this is, this is definitely one of those whiskeys where the nose, uh, doesn't really match the palate. Uh, the nose is very smoky and kind of reminds me of like a smoked old fashioned, um, lots of fruit, lots of like burnt orange. And then the palate is just extremely mellow. You get like light apple notes. Um, and it's just a really good, like spring, summer sipper when you want to break and want something lighter than bourbon. Mm. Um, 
that that Calvados cast. And you would think being aged in the Calvados for a year, it would kind of overpower it. But I think because the whiskey is just so light, um, then it just kind of adds a nice touch of fruitiness to the whiskey. Nice. Yeah. How did you guys end up with Glendalock? Is that something you've been working with them on a while for, or just the opportunity came came in front of you? Um, so we we really liked that they're still independently owned and operated, and uh, one of their, uh, I guess, like world brand ambassador who lives by the distillery in Ireland um, comes to Chicago pretty often. So we kind of built up a relationship with him, and uh, they they've done a just a tremendous amount of uh, support with us and helping us sell this barrel and they've done lots of tastings and events. Um, and we, we like seeking out unique things like this where you can only get it here. I think that was the most appealing thing about this was that they weren't going to sell any other barrels into Illinois, uh, finishing Calvados cast. So if somebody wants that, they have to come to us. And also when you go on their website too, um, they do a really good job with store finder. So like if you're searching for a product, it'll pop right up gold Eagle as the top location to purchase it. So, so what you're saying is you wanted a monopoly. on. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, kind of, I mean that, you know, if everyone, if every store gets a barrel of this, um, we're going to be stuck with a lot of cases of Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we had that one guy drive from Iowa to, to buy a couple couple six packs of it and uh i think that right there just kind of shows like how unique this is and uh you know help helps back up uh you know why we did what we did Mm -hmm. nice cool what you got dan so i'm cheating tonight (laughs) i i am kind of drinking irish whiskey uh for a guy that doesn't like single malts that much um this is a bottle of bardstown for cullen which they only sold down at the distillery uh, when we were down there last fall. And it is a blend of a 17-year-old Tennessee whiskey, two 12-year-old Kentucky whiskeys, and then 20% of it is a 21-year-old Irish malt oh. um, from for Cullen. So th- the unique thing about it is all these Bardstown blends that that they're getting the 17-year-old and the 12-year-olds are older than their distillery, so it's source whiskey from them. And then this is this is sourced from for Cullen, but for Cullen's only been around since 2018, so they're not old enough to make a 21 year old. So this is something that that Irish distillery sourced in, and then they decided to blend it all together. Um, when we were down there, we got done with the tour and we tried it, and I thought it was one of the best things I'd ever tried in my life. Now, Wes, just to preface this, that morning. We got to Bardstown at about 9.30 and had an old-fashioned for breakfast. Uh, as you and do. then we did the taste. As, as you do. <laughs> uh, and then we did the tasting. <laughs> and then we did some white dog. And then we thieved a barrel. And then I went back and tried this. Oh. Um, so your palate was so, ready to receive it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My was palate tuned, and my brain were very, very... So does it yeah, taste like you open, remember? Yeah. <laughs> It, so the funny thing was, I, I got it there. I thought it was the greatest. I had it a couple of months ago. I took a pour of it, and I'm like, that's not the way I remember it. <laughs> but then I busted it out again tonight, and I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as what I thought it was last time. Um, it's it's on the nose. So it's got kind of a honey color to it. Um, on the nose, it's a lot of uh, oak and cherry. So it almost kind of has more of a true American bourbon nose on it. Uh, palette is a lot of honey, some nut and uh, some nuttiness, kind of almost like a knob Creek nuttiness to it. Um, and then cinnamon. And if we're only being 20% Irish whisk or 20% Irish, so 20% malted. Um, and I looked up the highest malt that was in it from an American side was 12%. So of the 20%, that's hundred percent malted. There's not more than 12% of the rest of it is malted. Um, it, you can really tell that it's just, it's got a lot of single malt in it from the from the palate. Um, finish the same way. It, I wish it almost came back and finished more with the bourbon where it stuck around, but it's kind of that soft, gentle uh, single malt finish you get on things where it doesn't stand out. It just kind of slowly dissipates away. But like I said, the first time I tried it, it was one of my favorites. The second time, I thought it wasn't that great. But I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a solid 
whiskey. I, I mean, you could only get it at the distillery. I'm sure that they don't have it anymore. Um, like some of like, like some of the Bardstown stuff, I don't think it was worth the price of it. Um, but overall, I would prefer this over most single malts that I've had. Yeah, I mean, because it's only twenty percent, and so. I definitely like the fact that you can only get it at the distillery. Um, it's fun mm-hmm. to share, fun to share that stuff with people. Um, and I mean, obviously, having a liquor store—that's what I look for when I'm mm-hmm. traveling to distilleries—is stuff that I won't normally be able to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, we, we we did a lot of them down there, and of course, everyone wants to go to Buffalo Trace because you might be able to buy Taylor or Eagle or Blanton's at the gift shop that day. Um, but you can. If you search hard enough, you can find that stuff wherever you want to. Um, I do like when distilleries have special stuff that you can only get at the distillery. Um, just because it's something more special, more unique, and helps you remember that trip mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, and plus, Bardstown's done a lot of different... This is their collaboration series. They've done a lot of different collabs. They have like founders they had a big collaboration with. Who was the rum company? Didn't they do a big Plantation. Plantation, yeah. That's good. Ferrand, Cognac. They've done a lot of really cool collaborations. Yeah. It's, for me, like I said, I like this. If you're not a big single malt drinker, this is a good transition into it where you still get some of the single malt flavors, but um, it sticks with you. And this is only 102 proof, too. So it's kind of on the lower end of where I like whiskey, but it still tastes pretty darn good. Oh, I forgot to talk about the price on this. Is that okay, Dan? Can I do a quick sales pitch? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> the other the other cool part about this is it's only fifty bucks a bottle, which is a great price. Um, and we actually have ten dollars off right now, so thirty nine ninety nine for this bottle through St. Patty's Day. Well, I'll keep it on for another week, just, just so that people that are listening to this can have a, have a chance to come and get it. But you don't ship yet, no, so I, I'm screwed. No, we don't ship yet, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, Jake or Dan might know. ship it to you hey, if you buy it's it. Illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. Can't do it. Oh, ship all, never say do it's it. olive oil. I got some yeah, essential oils. Oil. Like yeah, essential oils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are distilled. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, because Illinois shipping laws for alcohol are pretty tough, oh. but there's still more stuff going through, hopefully, isn't there, Jake? The- yeah, I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and there's a bunch of Amazon documents that leaked um, that show that they are like lobbying hard to change all the shipping laws in every single state. Wow. Um, but yeah, there. But I mean, even so, the, basically, the way the podcast concluded was, if they went all in on this, it would take at least five years for anything to change. Um, the laws are just so locked down and so old school and, uh, it's, it's extremely difficult to get anything to change, but Illinois changed something a year ago where it made it a little bit easier. Um, but still, as of now, we can only ship to five States, uh, without getting a license in, uh, in those States, there's like 17 States that we could ship to, but we would have to apply for a license in each of those other States. Um, so I think we're going to take it slow and do it just a couple states at a time i mean i don't know i think five years for the government to do something sounds like it's moving at a blazing fast. yeah no kidding that is like, i mean they haven't really changed anything since prohibition so yeah yeah i mean five years sounds like they're moving they're someone's doing but, some work but it is amazon i mean they've got some power that's true yeah, they got money that's behind true. them i remember when i was in yeah. austin last uh it was a sunday and i was at a austin distillery i won't say their name and uh, i went to buy a bottle because they had a cast strength that I really, really liked. And I asked the guys, like, oh, can I buy this bottle? He goes, no, nope, Sunday. And I went, yeah, it's mm. Sunday. <laughs> and he goes, no, nope, it's Sunday. I can't sell you a bottle <laughs> on Sunday. And I just got done with the flight. So I just, and our plane leaves in like three hours. And I was like, well, fuck. I was like, uh, how about this? How about, uh, you know, a bottle went bad, and uh, I tipped you $75, and uh, <laughs> you put the bottle out in the trash. And he, he just kind of looked at me for a minute and goes, no. And I went, okay. <laughs> I was like, I get it. It was a valiant effort, yeah. though. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. The creativity points. Yeah. That's, that's well worth it. It's a big tip. I, I remember it, when I was in college, we went to uh dallas for a field trip because they have all those like 
newer museums that they dumped a whole bunch of money yeah. into. Um, and uh, we went to Fort Worth one afternoon, and me and my uh, three buddies just went into the saloon, and I asked for just a local whiskey, so they gave me TX. And I oh. tasted it, and I was like, oh, this is incredible. I was like, uh, is this available anywhere else? And there, she was like, no, they only sell it in Texas right now. So I, for like six months, scoured the internet trying to find somebody that would ship it to me. Um, and I stumbled upon a like unbelievably shitty specs website <laughs> <laughs> that could ship it, but they weren't allowed to ship it to Illinois. Mm. Like almost every other state that yeah. you ship it to except Illinois. So we actually shipped a case to my buddy's parents' uh, condo in the Dells and then drove up there to oh, get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you like TX? So, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot too. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> That's yeah, good their, stuff. Their bourbon and the blend are both excellent. Yeah, they really are. The the mouthfeel on those, it's like silk. It's so good. It's very good stuff. Yeah. My buddy would always say that uh, the blend smells just like fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so overall, um, I, th- I think Irish whiskeys are still something that aren't, and Jake, you can probably speak to this too. They're still probably not the most sought after in the industry yet, but there's definitely some, some good ones out there to find. Um, why do you, why do we think that they might not be as sought after as some of the scotches and some of the American whiskeys? Uh, I, you know, I, I, that's a good question. I think, uh, Americans, we like things that are sweet and that's why we tend to like bourbon and scotch has been established for so long. There's a lot of, you know, heavy age stated scotches and that's kind of looked at as like a luxury category. And I think a lot of people here just look at Irish whiskey as like St. Patty's Day cheap shots, um, even though there are some really good, you know, neat sippers of Irish whiskey out there. Um, but it's just, it's, it's almost like a forgotten little category in, uh, the world of whiskeys. Yeah. I I think the age statement's a big thing of that too, is because you see a lot of these really, really old scotches. Um, and a lot of the Irish whiskeys are roughly in the same range as what American whiskey would be. And it's like, all right, well I can buy a really old scotch, which sounds cool. Or I can buy a eight year old American whiskey or a eight year old Irish. Let's go away American. Yeah. Yeah, I will I say. It, w- go ahead, Jake. I, last year in our episode, one of the things that <clears throat> I kind of uncovered when I was doing the research is that there, for a very long time, there were only like three distilleries in all of Ireland, and it's only in like the past like twenty years that the industry has been exploding. Yeah. So like, um, I, I'm. I'm not 100% sure on this statistic, but I'm pretty sure that Irish whiskey is the fastest growing spirit category. It's not in the top like five, but it's year over year the fastest growing in sales. Hmm. Um, so there's like yeah, anticipation that. that it could start to get break into that top five and start taking out, um, you know, like vodka or something like that, um, just because it is growing so rapidly. Well, I will say uh, Whiskey Advocate just came out with a article on um, that more than 72 million bottles of Irish whiskey were shipped to the U.S. last year, making it a 28% growth rate from 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tequila is the only one that's, you know, has seen that kind of uptick. Uh, and Jameson is still like, I guess it says here, accounting for nearly 80% of all sales, which mm-hmm. is weird to me, but I think it's brand name. On that, because there's actually a yeah. lot better. I think Telemore Dew is better than Jameson, honestly. And Redbreast, yeah, it's definitely I'm not a brand big fan. recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, know. Jameson kind of gives it a bad name too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, the Black Barrel. I would encourage people if they don't like Jameson to try the Black Barrel because it was, yeah, it was still the price point was still low, um, but it had like all the Irish whiskey qualities plus something more that was. Uh, more unique so if you yeah. if you're someone who doesn't like okay yeah i've had this before 
Um, but you want to try something with a little bit more something to it, which is what I'm always looking for. I thought Black Barrel was better. I think the 18 is pretty good too, and it's mm. kind of a reasonable price. It's like around 130, 140 bucks a bottle. That's interesting because the Black Barrel is 16 years in a in a double charred barrel. Is it really 16? Yeah. I was surprised I didn't when know I that. read that too. Yeah, I think we did that on our last podcast or podcast before we we uh, did a Black Barrel Jameson. And they don't put they don't put an age statement on the bottle, do they? Uh, I think I drank all of it. I can't remember. If they do, if they, I mean, you it, drank if, the bottle. Uh, maybe <laughs> if they do, it's somewhere small on the back. <laughs> yeah, it might have been on the website. Uh, I believe it said sixteen. Years. I can, um, or you guys can look it up too. But yeah, it was. I believe it was sixteen years. Oh, I hear the keyboards. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I got a really old zoom enhanced. Really old keyboard. Oh, uh, oh man, why do I ask? I put my birthday. No, how in? old are you? Let's see. <laughs> like, a, like a kid's gonna be like, oh yeah, I was born in 2018. I can't go on here. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> man, what? What's going on? I'll, I'll eventually find it. You guys can keep talking. <laughs> Aged 16 yeah. years in a double there. charred barrel. It's like I, I'm a big fan of Redbreast, mm. um, and I I had Which never one? really uh, I like the 15 the best. Okay, I've only um, had the 12. The 12 so. is also really good. Um, the 12 is I. It seems like the 15 is a little bit harder to find, um, though. I think when I got it, it was on the shelf. Um, They're all kind of getting a little bit harder yeah. to find but it's it's not like something to hoard they're gonna come come back around yeah um yeah i also have their uh kentucky oak release from last year which is oh. really good um it was really tasty that one i uh i actually bought one um at gold eagle i think and then uh bought a second one from somewhere else i don't remember where um expecting it to be like a super limited release and i saw it on the shelves for another like six months and i was like god damn it (laughs) gotcha yeah (laughs) all right well wes if people want to listen to you and john and talk about beer bourbon and balderdash where can they where can they find you guys at uh beer bourbon balderdash.com uh, you guys can find us at uh, any podcasting 2.0 app and podca- regular podcasting app like Apple Podcasts. But we really focus on the value for value uh, model, uh, which hasn't really given us anything uh, other than some Satoshis <laughs> and some uh, bottles of uh, whiskey from Garden State Distillery. We love you. And um, but uh, we really um, we're really trying to focus on that a lot more. So um trying to get donations from listeners uh and and supporting not us because we all have day jobs um but supporting uh things that they might want us to review or to taste or to talk about um and we have a do we do have a very good fan base that we are really appreciative of and um so you can find us on any of those i don't know if you guys have ever heard of fountain.fm as an app uh, as you mm-hmm. listen to other podcasts that you like, you earn Satoshis, and Satoshis are like um, like Bitcoin change. So uh, so you're earning some kind of cryptocurrency, uh, but Bitcoin, not some shitcoin uh, currency, uh, <laughs> while you listen. So while you're listening, you're earning you're earning some something. You're earning something of value, and you can give that value back, or you can just hoard it, and that's fun too. And, um, yeah, so that's, those are the, those are the places that you can find us. And, uh, and we really enjoy listening to bourbon matters, both John and I, as we scour the bourbon landscape, which, uh, I'm glad you guys are still around. I'll have to say that. And, uh, because I, I've noticed that a lot of people, they start these podcasts and they, they have these ideas and then it just kind of, so I'm glad you guys uh, are still going starting. strong. Yeah, that's that's what I was oh, saying. Jake's yeah. just starting. But mm-hmm. we're, we're like you guys because <laughs> they, they brought me in because they're ready to give up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, you guys are just over a year old as well, too, right? Yeah, I mean, we were at uh, 51, 51 episodes, um, minus our two uh, secret episodes that never aired that were trash. <laughs> where we were like, uh, I think one of the episodes we, we – 
we re- I thought I hit the record button and it was a really good episode. And then I and then I looked at John and went, dude, I haven't been recording. And he's like, What? And so we tried to record another hour, but it was it was madness. So we, we decided not to yeah. publish that one. Um so yeah, and you know, a lot of us don't make it. I mean, hey, uh Obama and Bruce Springsteen didn't even make it to I think twenty episodes. So the fact that you guys are on, is this your fifty first? I believe so. We have numbers, but then there's also like our special series that don't go into the numbers. Yeah. So we're probably in the mid sixties. There you go. You've you've yeah. done better than Obama and Bruce Springsteen. So you should just give yourself a hand clap. <laughs> You're better than the president of the United States podcast. So good job. <laughs> what does that say about pod? What does that say about America? Is that bourbon podcast can do better than the former POTUS? That it's for the common people, man. This is for the people. <laughs> This is of the people and for the people. We don't want to hear presidents and, and celebrities. We want to hear common yeah. people talk about nonsense. We can relate. My goal is to my goal is to take down Bourbon Pursuit. So Yeah, <laughs> that's my goal too. Maybe that's if my we favorite. some more forces. <laughs> no, those guys are nice. So Yeah. You know, they they get a lot of industry, a lot of industry people, I think, and I think that helps them uh mm-hmm. in that. And uh our niche is kind of, um, I, th- I think the way that John and I, we, we just wanted to do bar talk. Um, we're, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of arrogant. We sat around drinking and then talking and laughing, and we thought, you know, I think other people would like this too. Uh, so really, <laughs> our our podcast was out of arrogance, and uh, yeah. we just do it for fun. So the fact that we have well, anyone that listens uh, is a bonus, quite honestly. Yeah, our, ours kind of was too, because I actually – was looking for a bourbon podcast to listen to and listen to bourbon pursuit. And I was like, these guys are the driest motherfuckers. I was like, me and Dan and Roberto could do better than this. (laughs) But, you know, I guess if you're trying to get like, um, you know, someone high up at heaven Hills or something like that, you wouldn't want a a podcast. uh, I guess they wouldn't probably want to be on a podcast where they're talking about, you know, I don't know fart jokes and their wife's tits yeah, and know. stuff like that. You know, they'd be like, I don't know, I don't know that one. You know, we got a reputation at stake, so yeah. Jake, so Gold Eagle, if they want to get the Glenda Lock bottle, if they want to get the Knob Creek that we actually did the barrel pick on our podcast a while ago. Am I allowed to talk Gold about Eagle? this? The only thing you're not allowed to sell is trying to convince me that 1783 is just as good as Elmer. That's where the sales pitch has. That's where the sales guys got to step. Hey, 17 people, 17 people, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, GoldEagleWine.com. Download our app on the uh, Google oh. Play Store. Yeah, don't, man, you got to download it. Google Play or apps, uh, Apple you, you App Store. You don't ship to me. Why um, would I do that? Because <laughs> we will soon. You can start adding stuff to your cart, and then as soon as we ship, you just click buy. All right. And then there you go. Um, but, yeah, Instagram, Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook, Gold Eagle Spirits. Um, follow us there. We post every day our deliveries, and then you can buy and see our inventory online. Yeah, I get coins that, when I uh, type in Gold Eagle. What am I doing wrong? Uh, Gold Eagle Liquors, Illinois. Oh, Gold yeah. Eagle Liquors. Gold Eagle Wine and Spirits. Gold, but yeah, spirits. Gold Eagle Liquors will probably pull it up. But if just yeah, it just head to goldeaglewine.com and then there's a link that you can click to download the app. Awesome. Are there any bottles of that Oak and Eden left that dropped today? Um, I'll have to check. I've been getting some sale notifications while we were recording, but I'm sure we still have some left. Um, but it is getting low because word is getting out. Yes, that that one was delicious. That was uh, yeah. Um, what what's what what is it? Amberana. Yeah. It was like cheesecake snickerdoodle cinnamon uh, dessert in a glass. Like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, your guys' uh, place is kind of famous. Originated in 1933, received your third liquor license issued by the city of Chicago right after Prohibition ended. Mm -hmm. My great grandfather. Oh, are you part of the family? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, The being. Did you say congratulations for his great grandparents having sex? Yes. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) I I think it's cool to have a family history and then continue in the family business. 
that's a cool thing. It's a legacy. I think that's good. I, I wish yeah. you guys many, many years of staying open and lots of lots of good stuff uh, coming. Your no, way. I appreciate that. I'm yeah. looking forward to listening to your guys' podcast too. Yeah, and come out to you Washington another and open listener. up the Golden Eagles out in out in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and and Jake one, not Jake two. What about our podcast? Where can they find us? Where can they listen? Yes, yeah, so you can find us on uh, YouTube for the video, um, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, um, all the other podcast places uh, i'm gonna start looking into podcasting 2.0 yes um so yeah keep an eye out for that um then you can go to our website at bourbonmatterspodcast.com email us at bourbonmatters at gmail awesome yep all right well everyone get ready to get drunk for saint patty's day <laughs> don't don't drink green beer it's not good drink irish whiskey yeah don't out. put paint in the beer that's bad green yeah paint in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.